wasn't making it. But then, on a Thursday of a year, who can remember except Blue? Something sudden happened. Hey, kids. I'm sitting here with Jordan and Oland. You're more dead to me than your dead mother. I just talked to the Lord. She didn't live to see her son as a mermaid. Merman! Merman! I am Sam. This is Monster of the Week. Constructing old school magic. I'm leading chill from 93 too. Yeah, this is how we chill from 93 too. 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 This is how we chill from 93. What are we talking about today, Olam? Today we're talking about one of my favorite old school decks, actually. It's a... Uh, Jordan Boyle's Mono Blue Budget uh, uh, Merfolk deck, um, which he piloted to Anubcon Top 8 uh, 2019, actually, and lost to me in the quarterfinals. Yeah. I did, um, didn't I? Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the. Did, did you win any game, Jordan, or do you remember? Honestly, I, I don't remember that, that match very clearly because it was at, what, like 3, 4 in the morning or something after yeah. like a two-hour gap since the last match yeah. before that. And I um, I would be lying if I said I played that game optimally. No, um, I, I would say the same. I just remember I played a sushi and a copy artifact on a sushi and you you looked like, I don't know, you looked like you wanted just to go home. <laughs> and we 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 actually said before the match that like we're both happy just to make the top eight. Uh, yeah, indeed, indeed. I guess I felt like to some extent the pressure was off at that point. But uh, I have to admit, I do I do wish I'd uh, uh, you know managed to pay a bit more attention and maybe have a slightly better chance because uh, God, I would have loved to have met Fluffy at some point in the top eight. <laughs> yeah yeah i heard you talk about yeah. that earlier you wanted to try out against the deck and uh the deck master because Orland, you didn't play the deck then no right? i played no, no, Orland was on atog i think yeah. with uh, suchis yeah yeah and uh, i was the only one that actually beat fluffy that day uh, oh really in the, whole, in the yeah, swiss <laughs> yeah i beat him in 10 minutes um uh yeah uh so but uh, but this deck is really fun and there's um, there's a lot of lot of stuff going on in the deck so maybe you can talk a bit about the deck you played uh, and and how it how did you come up with the idea because there's yeah I, I looked through the history of Noobcon and I actually found a, a top eight list from Noobcon 2013 that actually was a mono blue deck I don't know if you oh, even really? have seen that it, no, it was, no I hadn't. It was with Juggernauts. It's it's from the the guy Erling Hansson, who actually is the one with most uh, Noobcon tops eight the last eight years. He has four top okay. eights or something, but he only plays Noobcon. <laughs> it just comes out once a year and shows people how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, talk about how you came up with this idea. Yeah. So um, so I mean, basically, the the core of the idea came from the fact that. Um, 
you know, I play under UK rules normally, and so uh, I cheap out and buy revised uh, Dual Lands and, you know, Chronicle Cities of Brass and shit like that. Um, so with with NoobCon being full Swedish, um, I kind of knew I had to play something monocolored, and uh, having recently-ish bought Ancestral and Time Walk, I wasn't going to not play them. <clears throat> so Mono Blue was uh, sort of an obvious choice for that reason. And I guess initially I kind of just assumed that I would be going purely for the fun of the gathering and you know not at all worried about what i was playing so i was sort of thinking about something with i don't know icy manipulators and ghost ships and random stuff like that um but chatting to various people around here especially ben twitchin um you know he sort of steered me in the direction of 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 merfolk and uh having settled on that um yeah, it was just sort of a gradual thing of uh, playing games with it and trying it out um, to arrive at this list. Do you want me to just say what the list was? Or I think maybe everyone knows now. But uh, Yeah, sure. But just yeah. one question before we go forward. So you mentioned, you know, you know what you wanted to play, like you wanted to play blue and you had the power yeah. and everything. Yeah. But you, ins- you never, and you talked about like maybe playing more, more, more of a dirty version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but why did you choose to do it like the more li- li- yeah. linear option of an yeah. aggro ish? So deck? I mean, as a side point, I I think it's a less linear deck than it looks. But but no, the reason is because I like winning games of magic a lot more than I like losing games of magic. <laughs> uh-huh. So um, so it's it's not Ben's fault. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it was like, really just that okay, I, yeah. I think he said he'd played uh, a more. Uh, typically been a slightly more uh, spicy fish list at a fish liver oil I think um, he was doing mm-hmm. something with like he was playing um, uh, energy fluxes and war barges with the cunning plan that he can like put other people's creatures in the war barge and then not pay its upkeep and have them die and you know cool, cool tricks like that mm. um, but yeah so I think That's I think spicy. I initially tried a, a more classic sort of aggro version with the uh, uh, unstable mutations and stuff that people sometimes like to play, um, but I didn't like that because I found they were just sort of a, a horrible two for one opportunity. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I guess essentially, I um, I mean, ninety percent of the Magic decks I play play the card counter spell um, because I just I just love. Mm-hmm countering people's spells and spoiling their, their, their cunning plans. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, uh, the eight fish guys uh, and, and the, and the um, flying men were kind of a, a fairly obvious inclusion just because, you know, nice, efficient things. And then the counters and then the rest sort of got built around that with the, um, uh, you know, Dan Dan and uh, Serendib Jin in the Serendib Freed slot. And, um, and I think the, uh, the, the, the main deck Flux was, was, uh, remarkably good on the day um especially what with uh, the atog contingent that there was um yeah mm. and then i think other things were just sort of slight gradual tweaks over time um you know i mean uh, uh if you don't have swords and stuff a couple of unsummons are kind of useful um the phantasmal terrain was surprisingly useful f- from you know from time to time do you know what you're supposed to do to meet a mermaid go down to the bottom of the sea where the water isn't even blue anymore the sky is only a memory and you float there in the silence and you stay there and you decide that you'll die for them only then do they start coming out 
give us what your deck consists of for the list. Uh, yeah, so just quickly, it's four Flying Men, four Pearl Trident, four Lord of, Lord of Atlantis, uh, two Serendib Jins and two Dandans, uh, two Control Magics and two Energy Fluxes, then four Counters, four Side Blasts, uh, two Spell Blasts, because again, I didn't have a Swedish legal mana drain, so... Uh, and two Unsummons, and then uh, one Phantasmal ra- Terrain, Ancestral Time Walk, Chaos Orb, uh, the Blue Mox, the, the Sol Ring, and then Factories, a Strip Mine, and a Pile of Islands. Huh. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it like? You, you, when does the deck tick, would you say? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. So I think, I mean, I guess the dream hand. Well, no, a, a good hand involves, uh, you know, a, a, a turn one Pearl Trident, a turn two Lord of Atlantis, and then like a, a counter to counter something from turn three onwards. You know, I mean, that, that that's the kind of line that one, one sort of typically hopes for, I think. And then, you know, obviously if you throw in uh, power and stuff, it just gets better. But, um, but yeah, I think it wants to play a threat on turn one and two, and then from there sort of start going to a, a slightly more reactive, slightly more controlly kind of role so counter spells and uh, maybe some you have like the four sonic blasts and then yeah yeah so the side blasts i think most often end up killing a creature that's bigger than my creatures um the unsummons i think i probably cast at least half of them on my own creatures in response to a removal spell um because mm. like okay because i mean really the thing that makes the deck tick is the lord of, lords of atlantis which is why in the in the in the yeah. in my current swedish legal refinement i've dropped the uh stupid serendip gins um in favor of clones um just to allow cloning of the of, of the lords which is which is super sweet and the gin when when, when you mm. mostly just have islands to feed him he's uh, a bit of a liability you could say um, yeah and and you you mentioned like yeah it it's the island walk mm. in a way and it beefs up your like one drop yeah merman i mean it's funny because i i think <laughs> i got i think i might have played will mcgran in the very first round i think um and i mean that game could have totally gone the other way because you know he didn't draw fantastically and it's a good deck and all but um i think like if i'd lost my first two i might have gone you know two and five or something because this is not a deck that likes being in the sort of bottom tables because if someone's just slamming like creatures for four mana um and especially mm. if they're not playing islands then then yeah it's got yeah. nothing um but you got the terrain i have stuff. that singleton terrain yes yes it, it. <laughs> oh, okay it's one yeah, terrain. Yeah. okay yeah yeah all on what what is it would you say that you draws your attention to the deck because you mentioned yeah. it, you, that you love yeah, this kind of deck. Uh, in this version he actually had the power but i'm drawn to this deck because like most of the cards if you don't play the serendi by Fritz, uh, it's cheap it's a lot of yeah. cheap cards and like uh, apart from maybe the the lord of atlantis they they cost a little bit but not much uh, yeah. the, all the other cards that cost something are so useful in the format, like Mishra's, Chaos mm. Orb, Psionic Blasts, uh, even like Flying Men's that maybe cost like 10 bucks or something. They are really yeah, useful in, in almost ever in so many other decks. That's what, what I like with it. Uh, instead of... So like a stepping stone deck. Yeah. Or uh, and it's like, one that I think tolerates mm. the removal. I mean, okay, so I, I don't think I would have top eight it if I didn't have the blue power and stuff in the deck but um but i think you can remove 
power nine cards from this and affect it much less than you would many other decks. Yeah. Because mm. I think, you know, yeah. in several of the matches I won, it was without co- casting any cards that cost more than like 100 euros, you know. I think what I like about the deck is that when blue-red became like a contender for the yeah. tier one slot in a way, people played the Flying Men yeah. uh, or started playing. It's Blue-red always been around like counter burn-ish, but like Flying Men really made the deck good, mm-hmm. I think. And you have that, but like you can, like you already mentioned, you slam something and... People don't usually, some people even go down on removal, like sheep removal. Yeah. They have the sorts and they have uh, like the factories in a way. Uh, yeah. Not that many people playing, maybe some people off the sideboard or even in the States if we're going to uh, like not Swedish legal, many people might play Abyss, but still you have a lot of yeah, threats. Yeah, indeed. I think the threat, the, the threat, threat density needs to stay fairly high. And it's interesting because I've sort of, I mean, it's a deck that I revisit and try to sort of make different forms of and, you know, tweak and stuff. And I, I for, for a non-Swedish legal, you know, for, for, for a tournament where I could play my, my duels and stuff, I was trying to like put in the dibs and put in, I was thinking maybe I should splash some red for, you know, Wheel of Fortune and Bolts and stuff. But I think the problem is as soon as you start adding the cards that you want from other colors, you run out of space in the deck for the core theme. Um, such that mm. I, I think actually probably the the mono blue version is better than a version splashing red or black for you know mind twist and stuff like that. Um, like if you're playing, it's like the Murfolk stuff. Oh, oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean I I, um, I would yeah. not assert that this is a better deck than red blue counterburn. I I, I think I think mm. it it certainly it might not be worse. Um, and mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I've had quite good uh, win loss ratio against Counterburn with it, but um, but but yeah, it's maybe less versatile because you know the classic problem with a monocolor deck is, I mean, the, 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 this deck has, Chaos Orb is pretty much the only answer to enchantments, and um, Chaos Orb and Energy Flux are the only answers to 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 uh, artifacts. So so yeah, no, it can yeah. really uh, suffer against some. You know, like uh, uh, Abyss, you mentioned. I mean, I guess Abyss isn't that mm-hmm. bad because you've got a lot of dudes, and you know, fine, Eater, mm. Flying Man, Eater, Pearl Trident, but um, yeah, Moat is bad. Moat is very bad. Mm. Yeah, Moat, but still, yeah, you got the yeah. Flying Man. At yeah, least, I guess. And, <laughs> and you did, did have, have, have the gins. And, and you know, maybe if they're playing uh, Moat, maybe they're playing a Sarah that I can control magic, and then they're just disenchanted and get it back. But. Um, yeah, I, I think it's just yeah. one of those decks that does well on account of consistency and um, can sort of take advantage of uh, 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 of your opponent having a little wobble in the early game and stuff. But yeah, I really like it. It's um, I think it's much more fun to play than a version that was you know, than of the more classic suicide blue that doesn't play the counters, because I think all the sort of the mm. the, the strategy around what you do and don't counter is is you know one of the more interesting aspects. Yeah, you, Orland, you played some counter. Yeah, yeah, I played a lot of counter burn uh, yeah. actually. Uh, but yeah, but I think one of the most important questions about this deck: if you would play it now and you had four Serendip Freets, would you play them? That is a super good question, and one that I was pondering just recently. I uh, was building a deck for a tournament. I ended up deciding to just play the deck because I want, wanted to do well in this one. But um, 
The problem is the three drop slot gets so full because if it's mono blue, you, you, you really need to play all four side blasts and, you know, you probably need to be playing some main deck fluxes. Um, and if you then add the dibs as well, like when I tried this uh, version with red, it was four dibs, four side blasts. Well, no, I cut it down to two side blasts. Then the two draw sevens, the energy fluxes, and suddenly you're looking at like 10 three drops, which is just um, not a very smooth curve, especially for a deck that only plays one mox. So, um, huh. so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have tried versions with dibs. I think we're going to talk about one later, maybe that has the dibs in the, the noobcom one, but yeah. Yeah. not necessarily. Not yeah, I think that's um, a lot of people just auto include uh, the yeah. serendips and uh, don't really think about it uh, at all. And I think that's interesting for people that are building decks that question every card uh, in mm -hmm. your deck. Just don't ram it in because mm -hmm. everyone else plays it. Because yeah. as you said, most people that play four serendips play five moxen. And then yeah. you can easily lay it round one and then turn two. You can have counter backup and just beat, yeah. for, beat for seven rounds. Or, <laughs> or, or like in the, in the counter burn, where you actually wait until you have five mana and play it and play yeah. it with a counter spell backup. Uh, but exactly. you, you, in this deck, you can't just sit there and wait to turn five and play a Serendib and, and have a mm. counter backup. Like, yeah. Uh, Plus the whole um, sitting yeah. in a bottle thing is certainly a significant exactly. thing yeah. as well. I mean, I found like, because obviously the uh, uh, the three people playing the Svantog deck were all running main deck and then more sideboard bottles. Um, yeah, but they sideboarded the, the dibs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So did, yeah. there's there's this, you're, you're completely right about like how it's like a dance in a way because do you what 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 what's happening around sitting about are <laughs> yeah. we playing it are we not playing it and I, I i i agree with you guys i don't think like it's now if you don't have the fast mana uh, but maybe in the sideboard in some matchups yeah I don't know, yeah i mean i guess three. the the sideboard of the the noobcon list was uh i think in retrospect not entirely optimized um not by far though the uh i don't think i ever got good i can't remember if i brought them in but i never got good use off the suchis or the boomerangs um mm -hmm. the uh the extra fluxes and control magics were great and the uh last two dandans i mean yeah. against dandan is like the best creature in the world against the deck i think um because mm. it's just such a you know you drop it on turn two with no cunning shenanigans and if they swords it fine um, but if they don't, it's a, it's a very, it's, it's a tasty clock against someone with islands and yeah. terrible against someone. Exactly. And since you, you have such good mana for it, yeah. like it, the consistency of you being able to play turn two yeah, also, indeed. Uh, like we mentioned, if you're playing three colors, four colors, like everybody's splashing yeah. everything and still have the Mishras and the library and the, at least in Swedish, the only uh, yeah. mine. Yeah. You, you don't usually get to play it maybe then. Yeah, I mean, and, uh, indeed. I think the a deck that has this many cards with no colorless in the casting cost um, needs to go very heavy on the, on the good old-fashioned basic lands, I think. And... Um, I mean, I, I even cut one of the four Mishras from the main deck on this in this list, just because 
Yeah, you have one in the sun. Yeah, like, yeah. I think the thinking yeah, there yeah. was if I was bringing in the suchis, um, then I'd bring mm-hmm. in the, 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 the mishras just as yeah. an extra. I like having lance in the sideboard, yeah. actually. What, what, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I played, um, I played quite a lot of um, lance in my sideboard, not the mishras factory, but... But you have to tune out the mana in some matchups. And if you play like City in a Bottle, with City or Brass, I usually can yeah. have a duel in my side sideboard and switch it, switch yeah. your it for the for the City of Brass just to tune it out and maybe just um, go up a land in some matchups. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Uh, so you see lots of sinkholes or, people, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or something. It might yeah. be worth it. Yeah, totally. Like if you're on the play, if you're on the draw, and like Jordan, you seem to have that in mind that you if it if you're bringing in four drops, you want to have like the mana yeah, for it. Yeah, I think the uh, I think the rationale on the Suchis, I think it might have even been around the abyss or something like that that I that I chose them, but um, but yeah, they're just in this in this deck, they're a little on the clunky side. So I think I've got maybe in all the versions of this deck that I played, there's maybe sort of ten sideboard cards that I'm sure about, and then I float around various others that never seem to stick because they're not good enough. Well, you know, they don't they don't fit. You know. uh, yeah, the only card I was confused about was actually the sushi uh, when I looked at the yeah. sideboard. Uh, I. I don't, know. I don't have uh, sadly I don't have a good I don't have a good uh, <laughs> justification no. for it. It was kind of yeah, I'm at 13 cards. I might want bigger creatures in some context. Uh, you had a question about like the Atlantic versus uh, Yeah, uh how I mean, Atlantic is a lot different. I don't know how much Atlantic you have played during the Quran. I have played a lot. I played uh, like hundred matches Atlantic or something, and there are so many abysses and yeah. and like red people play four red blast sideboards and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I um yes, I I think this deck is nowhere near as good in any of the American metas as it is in Swedish. Um, I mean, the the strip mine thing is, I, I think, neither here or there. Um, but I think it's the inclusion of Fallen Empires and the effect that the four shops have on the overall meta. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did play it in a, I think, Atlantic Rules tournament, um, quite, a, quite a competitive tournament a little while ago. Um, and I think it went like 3-2 or something. Um, so it was okay. But um, mm. it does not like Triskelions much. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. And it does not like uh, uh, Turn 1 Suchi all that much either. Um, and it doesn't really love uh, Orders of the Even Hand. So, <laughs> so yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, think the, I think the American metas seem to be uh, a bit more creature-y, maybe. Um, mm. and, and, yeah, the, the, this deck is not fantastic against uh, uh, sort of mid-rangey creature decks. Yeah, and uh, like a lot of the the decks in uh, the the actual the deck in Atlantic play more abyss than uh, than in Swedish as well. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, they're a bit better at handling handling these massive creatures. Like if they play two to three abyss uh, plus the swords. Yeah. yeah. 
I was thinking we should talk. We were talking about some other versions of Monobu uh, later, but maybe it's a good point right now, Olaf, to bring in your because you, you did play Atlantic with a Monobu. I, I haven't played it. Uh, this was this was okay, for a project okay. where where I wanted to show with the reprint rules you can make actually make cheap decks. And yeah. uh, uh, like the, my blue version is insanely cheap. Um, like there's no card that costs more than. Uh, I wonder what the most expensive the revised. The um, most the most expensive thing is almost certainly your foreign whiteboarded Serendipity Fritz yeah, because but, I upgraded to some of those a while ago and they were like maybe twenty five euros each or something. Yeah, yeah, but I'm I'm thinking that, as I wrote as well. Like if you use a revised Serendipity yeah, Fritz exactly. instead, yeah. there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. So I think the this is one of the the cheapest decks and like all yeah. the all the cards uh, uh, that actually cost more than more than pennies are good in a lot of other decks uh, yeah. as we talked about earlier hmm. and uh, i think you could take the version that you built um which is yeah very similar to mine but with uh, you know a few more of copies of some things in place of the power basically um i mean i think someone who knew how to run the deck could take that to a you know a normal tournament and certainly win more matches than they lose um but uh, Olan, did you know that uh, Jordan went to clone like recently in his? We actually versions? talked about because, it you, because he... I took in uh, I took in Jordan for the mono blue deck and Jonas Twitchen for the mono red and Dave Bar for the mono green and mono white decks to to help <laughs> okay. me like the budget the, the budget monsters I took in for for, okay, for building okay, decks. Um, yeah and. And you wrote about this on your yeah. blog, right? Yeah, yeah. nice article. Yeah. Oh. So, so, so okay. So Jordan, you put the thought forward for the clones because you mentioned that like uh, it's copying and getting more lords and really getting through. Yeah, right? yeah, indeed. Or, I mean, so so I guess the key thing is that one lord is lame. Two or more lords suddenly gets really nice. Um, you know, I mean, if you can mm. get three and play there or four fours island walking, it gets quite scary. So, so yeah, I think because um, you know, if you've got a pearl trident and a lord, then you're island walking for two. But as soon as you get a second lord, it it, it goes quite big. So, so yeah, I think um, the clones are quite valuable in that context. I, I briefly toyed with dance of many, but the uh, upkeep is just too too much of a hassle. Yeah. Um, mm. And but then Ola, you didn't actually play it, but you thought that the dibs were like since you took out the power, maybe you had the yeah. you needed to have more threats or what? What was your thoughts there, Olan, When you had um, you put in clones and yeah, dibs. Uh, uh, Jordan's original list has more. Yeah, you have the chaos orb and you have the power yeah. and what was your? You just wanted the curve out more or? And have the threats. Yeah, I, I kind of thought that if you if you play like uh, if you play dibs, you you actually have a, a another really solid threat because the, yeah. this was mainly focused for for like Atlantic uh, the, the article mm. obviously because of the reprint rules. Uh, yeah, uh, and I, I I don't know. It's just it's just an example of what you can do for for really cheap money, and then you can if you grow tired of the 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 merfolk you can exchange the merfolks for something else and play another version of a mono blue deck uh, yeah uh, and then at some point you can buy some uh, uh, tundras and uh, cities of brass and put some savannah lions and swords in and yeah yeah, yeah no it's a nice it's a nice base to work from totally 
or or you can buy volcanic islands and yeah. uh, and and do do that version. But yeah, yeah, of of course you really want the ancestral and time walk for for this list. Uh, you do, you do, but but they are just it is just two cards. So you yeah. know, I mean, in two thirds of games you don't. Well, in half of the games you don't play either of them anyway. So yeah, yeah I mean, I don't think it's such a big no big issue. Um, yeah. yeah, but and. Uh, you talked earlier, Jordan, about like time twister. That's not thing. Yeah, I um, not something that you at, like. At in the your, point I did, like as a card at all, or so at the point I played in NoobCon, I didn't have a twister yet because I've always sort of, I mean, I, I think it's by far the worst of the Power Nine overall, and therefore it was the last one that I splashed out on. But I did ultimately get one. Um, but I think I still wouldn't play <laughs> it in this deck, especially well. Basically, if you're playing against a deck that has blue and lightning bolts, then you just don't, you just don't want to play it. So, um, if if you're against, yeah, yeah. if you're okay, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I think that's when when it shines overall, like time twister, yeah. and maybe with the fast mana, usually you play time twister in the deck. Exactly. Some people take yeah. it out, and you know, we had a discussion earlier about if it's good or not, but in if you can play a turn one, that's yes. sometimes where like it's a mind twist in a way totally, for yeah. sometimes, but you, you're not able to do that. Yeah, with, like, exactly. This this deck doesn't empty its hand that quickly because it's sort of um, yeah, it's an honest deck in a sense. You know, it's not doing crazy uh, splurge your hand on 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 turn one shenanigans. So um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I had lots of time twisters played against me, and uh, I was almost always happy about it. So. Mm. any other card options that you thought about like we know we talked about the clones and we talked about uh we haven't gone in next ex- uh, clearly you need to play a one a mana drain instead of a the spell blast yeah, I, guess. I mean the spell blast i like spell blast i think it's a really good card and mm-hmm. i mean i know i've shaved one of the factories and stuff but the, the deck does still have four non-blue lands and a soul ring and sometimes it's really sweet being able to counter something with just one blue mana um so i like spell blast i think it is probably the next in my book it's the next best counter after uh counter spell and mana drain um i would say heads and shoulders above uh, power sink but that's maybe just personal taste i think the the only other i i think it's a lot better than power sink as well Uh, or Except in some weird corner cases, like yeah. weird combos. But yeah, if you're playing uh, Winter Orb or something. Yeah, but otherwise it's like uh, for me it's like second uh, place after the the counter spell and mana drain is spell blast or flash counter. Um, yeah. Because flash counter is yeah. can be can be really really good yeah. against the, the white decks. Yeah. No. Totally. I, I mean, so this is a thought process I've been through quite a lot myself because I, I like, you know, all these niche counters. I think against white decks, like, so, I mean, a spell blast will counter a swords for exactly the same manner as a flash counter, and it yeah. only costs one more to counter a disenchant. Yeah. But then it has the advantage that you can also, you know, if, you, if you've got loads yeah. of mana and nothing else to do, you can counter a Sarah with it. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, no, yeah. I've been playing flash counter a fair bit myself in, in like, more casual decks recently i've been sort of quite often playing like one of each of the counters so like one counter spell one mana drain one force spike one spell blast one flash counter and that's quite fun because then your opponent never knows which 
You know, do I yeah. do I need to keep one up for the first I, bike or do I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I I love force bike, but I always end up taking them out. Uh, it's too easy to play around. But then again, as you mentioned, if you have them, your opponent might have to play around I, it. I so, think the the best, but, but the spell blast is clearly better, and you can counter like a. If someone has a Lotus yeah, uh, yeah. opener, usually they build their whole like yes. game around. It's like, oh, okay, landmarks Lotus that. mind twist you for five or whatever. And you're exactly. like, oh, no. And then just having like a landmarks in that in, for that instance, like yeah, yeah you, the plan is not that good anymore. No, force bike's pretty fun when it works. I I, I just finished playing a, a fairly casual tournament um, here, at Brassman, where I decided to play Atog for the first time in my life ever. I've like never cast Atog before this tournament, um, so uh-huh. I took uh, Svante, Mano, and Will's list, and then um, because I didn't want to just play someone else's list as is, I managed to squeeze in two force spikes and two spell blasts, um, and. I quite liked it. It was fun. Um, I would mm. not assert that it was necessarily better than the original version, but I tell you what, when you are playing Atog, nobody expects you to counter their thing. Um, and my theory was that, you know, spell blasting the swords on your on your Atog that you've just fed, uh, you know, a bunch of artifacts to will really uh, take them by surprise. And also playing uh, 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 Ankh of Mishra, you know, maybe the four spikes will work more often. So yeah, no, I four spiked some juicy things over the last little while, and it's always satisfying. I th- I think yeah. the best thing with four spike is you actually draw it game one, counter something with it game one, and then and board out it, it board. Yeah. Totally, yeah. You Replace you it all with blasts or yeah. But you all, I think yeah. you always take out four spike when you resolve it game one. Yeah, uh, I think if, I, if yeah. you can, because then then it's gonna do its work game two anyway. Uh, exactly. Mm. Then it sort of almost adds one to the casting cost of all your opponent's stuff if they're feeling nervous. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a, you're having another game against your opponent with the four spike. It'll, it'll, it's like a yeah. mind game in a way. I it's think. like oh, I've got one island. I actually, <laughs> I lost against. Uh, uh, prominent player here in Sweden, Pefken uh, Olan knows him. He's an old, old school player, early uh, mm-hmm. adopter of old school. And he played a parfait <laughs> deck with four spikes in the sideboard. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Uh, like with Winter Orb and, as well? Yeah. 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 And well, that's it. I, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna play parfait, like four spiking must be like the next step of misery <laughs> yeah. that you're missing. What you don't like key, you so. don't enjoy playing parfait or you don't like playing against it? So. <laughs> well, I enjoy parfait, but I but yeah, against it. Yeah. Do people enjoy playing against parfait? Well, if they it win, it depends I guess, how many disenchants they're packing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a long. Mm. Uh, losing game if you're not winning, I guess. Uh, what, what I'm saying is that usually you sit, like you mentioned, you have the winter orbs and you have maybe some relic barriers, yeah. whatever. Uh, and you, as an uh, opponent to this prophetic, you sit just and like manage your uh, lands carefully. So, okay, th- that turn I can, I can do actually cast that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And force back in that instance. Yes. Is, Yes, but very mean. Orlan is probably hit the nail on the head with like, if you have it in the sideboard, well, that's something that's yeah. maybe better than actually playing it. 
maybe like spilling it out as oh, you, oh, you just like, accidentally like, sure. yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm. starting the game oh yeah yeah sorry just scrambling up i your feel like there. that might be considered bad form by some especially if you're not even actually playing the force yeah. bike you're just sort of whoops yeah, <laughs> yeah. you need to be a if if I'm playing against Orland, if we were sitting in a bar, I wouldn't oh, well, care yeah. that much. But then he's probably but, yeah. then, a, then you're probably just gonna play into that <laughs> damn four spike anyway. You know, like if you got it, it's a card okay. for a card. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just another that's even better for me then. Yeah. <laughs> if I like accidentally show him it and he's is calling the bluff. Yeah. I have one one thing that I really need to discuss, and that is the age-old question. If you play with Fallen Empires, uh, do you play Merfolk or the Pearl Trident or River Merfolk? Pearl Trident any day, because they cost one. Yeah, Yeah. there's some people who actually play like Lord of Atlantis and River Merfolk, and I was like, yeah, it's a 2 There goes your curve, man. I mean, you need those 8-1 drops, because if you... If you haven't played something on first turn, then then you know it's not starting the way you would want it to. I think. Yeah, and I and I totally agree. And I was like, yeah, maybe I want to play River Merfolk, and then, nah, no, no, you, you can't play those. Like, uh, yeah. so that's a, that's a that's a hint for everyone that wants to take take up this deck. Play four flying men and four pearl trident. That's I mean, I, I, I could certainly instead see of the Dundans, I could, Sorry yeah. to interrupt you, sir, but, but I, I could certainly see it worth exploring playing both. I mean, because the, okay, the yeah. River Merfolk is blue and a colorless for a 2-1, right? It's blue-blue. No, Double-blue, oh, right? Okay, blue-blue for a 2-1. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could play them over the Serendipity Freet slash Dandans in my version, maybe, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's uh, it's it's a hundred, it's a hundred percent more to cost than to cast than a a, a, a lot of it, a pill trident. So I think that is a significant price difference. And it's and it's a hmm. bit awkward as well that it gets mountain walk since the mountain players play so much removal for them anyway. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you hardly ever won't be able to mountain walk with them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, maybe in some. Yeah, you're probably right, but. Uh, I'm trying to think of a when or if you're able to do it. It's a very fringe. I mean, like I hypothetically, guess. if someone was building the the budget version that Olan built and did not have access to dibs, then then I'd certainly consider just throwing in the River Merfolk in in their place. But but yeah, yeah no, I prefer the Pearl Trident definitely. Well, you can you can make with your phantasmal terrain. You can make mountains. <laughs> yeah, best value ever. <laughs> and then your next two cards are Lords of Atlantis, and you're like, ah, goddammit. <laughs> well, actually, more people play islands <laughs> yeah. or want to play their spells. So maybe, maybe if they have like uh, if they have like a tundra and a, and a tundra and, um, and an island, you can make a mountain uh, of the tundra. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, no, it's it, that's not going to come up often. But I, I think it's so awkward that they actually have mountain walk. If they had like um, 
if they had like forest walk instead, like the other oh, yeah, yeah. enemy yeah, enemy color, that... that would be like walking past uh, walking past Ernam Jins and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which, which then you again, own. you're probably walking past the Ernam yeah. anyway because he's given you forest walks. Yeah, so. uh, walking past I don't know force of nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two yeah. to you, eight and to they, me. Maybe they have, maybe they have Urborgs uh, at least anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is no, it Urborg? Hammerheim. Yeah, the the one. Hammerheim. Yeah. yeah Urborg just takes Hammerheim. away swamp walk or first strike, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I think Hammerheim is probably most played. You you don't even play the blue one. What does it even I played, do? I played one uh, copy of Telaria in the original list because I was playing those stupid gins. Um, it. Okay, and Tularia... Oh it, it's well, so irrelevant yeah. that I can't even remember. It was basically just an island that didn't <laughs> hit me for three when I fed it to... Uh, uh, it, 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 it removes uh-huh. banding or bands with other and can only be used in your upkeep, in, in any player's upkeep. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I do think banding is a slightly underrated ability. Um, yeah. I recently, I was trying a, a, a new deck um, that was blue, green, white with Scrib Sprites, Flying Men, Mesa Pegasuses, and Moats was basically the core cons. Oh, and then Pendlehaven, of course. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, the, the banding on those Pegasi is not an insignificant ability by any means. No, I, I actually seen it played. I don't know the slow trip it's an instant white card i don't remember what it's called now uh that grants binding uh in but that's like legacy or okay, something yeah. people played it in delver in when everybody played tarmogoyf you won the always won if you have banding you usually win the math of it right uh, yes but, indeed but the in the in the battle of creatures but i guess yeah the the pegasus is the only do we have any other cards playing with banding that you ever even see yeah. play? uh, I, I played so. a deck with two copies of pikemen in it recently it was not a good deck but the pikemen was again surprisingly useful um, uh, if you play monogreen uh, you play timberwolves yeah uh, because they they mm. are really i mean if you want to talk about banding uh, in general, talk to Dave for Bard. He Indeed. plays like Mesa Pegasus, yeah, Benali Shiro, and uh, Timberwolves in decks. And he loves <laughs> yeah. Pend- Pendlehaven more than anyone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, let, let's save that yeah. for another time. Before we move forward from your deck, I would like us to go through the sideboard. Oh, yes. You taught me all the legends. You used to bring me into your office. You used to show me charts on the walls of where sailors had claimed they saw mermaids. Walt, that that was for fun, for relaxation, not for you to build your whole life on. I'm going to prove to you and to everyone else. What do we have in the Yeah, cyborg? so we got three blue blasts for the obvious reasons. Uh, two more energy fluxes, two more control magics, then the questionable suchis, uh, two boomerangs. The thinking there was just to give me something to do about things like the abyss. Uh, two more Dandans, and then one more Phantasmal Terrain, and uh, uh, one more Mishra's Factory. And I think the thinking behind the additional Phantasmal Terrain was maze- mainly against Maze of Ith and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, your overall thoughts? You already mentioned uh, like 
maybe not the sushis and maybe the Mishra in the main, I guess. Maybe, or... maybe. I mean, I do like having more islands. Um, but yeah, maybe the Mishra in the main. Um, yeah, I think the... Um, I don't, I'm not sure I ever brought in the boomerangs. I mean, I can see them being useful in a few edge cases, but it is a card for an impermanent solution to a problem. Um and it costs two blue, not the one blue that the unsummon costs. And, you know, th th that's nice because it gives you something responsive you can do with just one blue. Um, so, yeah, I think it's those four, the two Suchis and the two Boomerangs, that I would maybe not play again. Um, but I'm not entirely sure what I would play instead. In mm. a, in an, If I was playing this deck in a, a format with four workshops, then I would probably, I might play two uh, Steel Artifacts. I played them in a, I think my white-blue aggro tempo type deck. Um, and yeah, it's really nice to be able to steal IC manipulators and stuff like that off Workshop's players. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Orlan? Uh, yeah, I I don't really know because it's uh, I feel so... I don't really know what I want uh, since uh, it's only blue cards and artifacts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really hard to find something um something that feels really good apart from i mean the energy fluxes and uh blue elemental blasts are so obvious uh, mm. and i mean control magic I yeah think, yeah it's, it's one of my favorite cards it's like against you know someone who's just playing red green big monsters it can seriously swing a game for you or i mean if you play in in swedish if you just play against uh juice and gin like yeah. just t take it and they they lose uh, <laughs> yeah it's like oh that's a nice big fat monster for me thank you sir i would i know the energy fluxes are like the main cause for you not playing that many artifacts i guess but i would think about at least uh anks or maybe as you like maybe the some vices i don't know I get where you're coming from, but I guess I would say then, why aren't you just playing an Atog deck if you want to play Anx and mm -hmm. Vices? Because I think, hmm. I think that maybe not both, yeah. but maybe an Anx or uh, I, I think and... the problem with that is you want to you want to bring in those cards against the same decks. You want to bring in Energy Flux a lot of the time. Uh, hmm. Yeah, and is that too much of a cost to have being? You have to pay too because it's too late for you to play it then later on or what's the reason I, I, I think why it's just i think so it's bad. partly just you know i mean for every sideboard card that goes in something has to come out and this is one of those decks mm. that doesn't really have all that much that you want to take out i mean i think yeah. cards that i would sometimes board out are what the i'd take out the phantasmal terrain if i was playing against someone with blue and no particular land shenanigans Sometimes take out the uh, unsummons just if I needed to put in something better. Um, obviously, drop the fluxes against a deck where they're irrelevant. Drop the control magics against something like the deck. But I think there's only maybe six to eight cards max that you would ever really want to take out. Um, okay, no, you'd sometimes mm. want to take out the Dandans. But 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 it's um, it's one of those decks. I think well, like like many where you can't sideboard that heavily without ruining the original the original plan yeah that's probably right you want the threats and you want 
probably like Olan you mentioned, you want the fluxes, you don't want the fluxes and other things and thin out the deck. Yeah, you might write. How about Old Man of the Sea? It's we're leaving the budget. Yeah, yeah, no, he's super soon, good. I, I've been playing a, a lot against Ben Twitchin recently, and he's been doing things with Old Man of the Sea. It's a, it's a really good card. I uh, yes, actually, I think the only thing that's lame about him is that scimitar symbol. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, he's yes. If I own some, I, I may well try some of them in the board in place of the Suchis and stuff. Um, Maybe the problem. I'm I'm just spitballing here but maybe maze is not actually what you want to do either uh, i usually put in one maze i've certainly sometimes. played mazes in the sideboards of uh variants on this deck yeah because i it, mm. it's good when you're attacking as well you know just to keep the one guy that gets blocked by the big creature alive um yeah so you're able to swing in and then uh like after blocks yeah. you just untap uh, your guy. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't even think about that. I just thought about uh, keeping like maybe the island walk plan going and then yeah. <laughs> not taking damage from their adjustments. But <laughs> yeah, that's just yeah. even better that you mentioned. Uh, yeah, I think Orlando, I think I got that. Yeah. I think I first saw that in in green decks of DFB and people like that. Yeah. You know, playing playing mazes in weenie decks is good tech that I hadn't yeah. thought of. I think that's one of the things that a lot of people miss with Mesa Vitz, that it's really good when you're attacking. Yeah. Uh, if you if you ever like play a, uh, play a um, uh, central uh, troll disco deck, uh, mm -hmm. just untapping your Mishra that gets blocks and pumping the other, you will see yeah. how, good, how good that uh, Mesa Vitz is on the offense. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, and we you, you're, we're playing the Mishras also, yeah. so that's another thing got going for it so maybe those are some options yeah. do you have any other thoughts Orland, uh, regarding sideboarding you didn't really think that much about it but... no i don't i don't i don't really uh, really see what you would want to do i mean there's something if you're like uh, i don't know if you if you change the main deck a bit uh, uh, you might have uh, more of the dandans in the sideboard, depending on what what you mm. expect to face. Uh, well, I mean, I do already have all four across the seventy-five, two main, two board. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And uh, maybe the flash counters or something. Yeah, like that yeah, I could also. see myself maybe doing something. Depending like on yeah. the meta. And, and actually, now that I own one, I would almost certainly play the time twister in the sideboard. Mm. Um, you know, just bring it in against. Um, well, especially like him decks and stuff like that, but anyone who you think is gonna not benefit from it too much. Yeah. Uh, you actually play the new com, mm -hmm. uh, which was with the scrying also yeah. tell us about what you did and what we do we have here yeah so it was uh i think i think i'd sort of been yeah if i remember correctly i only found out that noobcom was going to be an online thing um at fairly short notice 
Um, and so I hadn't really sort of planned around scryings. I hadn't bought much scrying stuff. Um, so I was like, okay, well, <laughs> like your noobcon, <laughs> noobcon eleven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, so. well, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I assumed it was going to be an invite-only thing again, and I hadn't, I hadn't been invited, so you know, I hadn't been thinking about it. But then coronavirus came along, and uh, you know, the one upside I think of COVID has been the huge surge in the online magic community, which is one of the few things that's kept me vaguely sane over the past seven months. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I was like, okay, well, what Scrying's legal cards do I own? And the answer was like some Mana Wars and a few other things. Um, so basically, I just rebuilt the Merfolk deck uh, around A, not requiring me to be full Swedish legal, and B, uh, playing Scrying's cards. So it's quite similar to the original one, Four Flying Men, Four Pearl Tridents, Four Lords of Atlantis. Then we've got three uh, Mana Wars, three Serendibs, since I could play them, the two clones still, then four Psy Blasts, four Counter Spells and a Mana Drain, uh, no, no Spell Blast this time. Then I played two of the, what are they called again? The Latinam's Legacy, the yeah. Cantrip card draw thing. Legacy. Um, and then uh, this time I did play Brain Geezer because I didn't need a Swedish one. Um, and then, yeah, other than that, it's similar mana base, but with the fourth factory in. Um and I enjoyed, I mean, the tournament was great and I enjoyed the deck, but I did not, I mean, it could have just been the, the luck of the day, but I, I, I went mediocrely, I think something like 5-3 or, you know, uh, something along those lines. Um, and looking at it now, I think maybe part of the problem is the, the, the whole clogged three drop slot. So we've got 10 now with the side blast, the, the dibs and the, 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 the um, man horse, thank you. Um, and I didn't play the fluxes, which I think in retrospect might have been a mistake. But I, I guess part of it was that I just like had, in main you have the yeah, sideboard, yeah. yeah. But I had no idea what to expect from the scryings meta. I'm not sure if anyone even still knows what to expect <laughs> from the scryings meta. But um, yeah, no, it was nice. Um, and then sideboard, it was um, not very well thought out again, perhaps. But it was uh, four blue blasts, four energy fluxes, three control magics three serrated arrows and a deflection just because i happened to own a deflection <laughs> um yeah i think it looks clean i like your sideboard there. it's yeah um, no fannying about i usually the... like three ofs also because four of is probably overkill but you want to draw into your cyber cards yeah. uh, and okay maybe the blue elemental blast and the uh, you need to have them stick your fluxes, yeah, the, so the fluxes I get you having yeah. four since you're playing mono blue also. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I was I was not impressed by mana war, so uh, like because there were so many decks that didn't really play creatures. Uh, yeah. Uh, Dude, so, the number of times I had to mana war one of my own damn yeah. creatures just so I could get another body on the ground was uh, yeah. Mm. I I I actually was like. Uh, when we when we prepared for the real noob conway scrying, so I was like, no, you don't want to play man war main deck in your decks. It's like it, yeah. it's it's too greedy that to expect that people actually your opponents actually have a creature. Yeah, uh, it's um, like I can see it if you want something in your sideboard, maybe the man wars. Yeah. Uh, if you really need them, but I was not, I was convinced that Man of War was the wrong route to go. Uh, I, I think I maybe agree, at least, I, I mean, I seem to remember there was a guy who did very well that was playing Man of Wars and Memory Lapses and 
stuff like that mm-hmm. but yeah it, it, it didn't work particularly well for me it's like at best if you're living the dream you know then they've just played a big fat creature and on turn three you go haha man of war and then they go okay i'll put my urnum back in my hand next turn urnum and your man of war is looking at it yeah. going like uh yeah yeah come on man come on uh yeah no people did not play the like cost some creatures anyhow so like mana warring uh like small creature isn't that bad a badass yeah exactly yeah good yeah so i don't know because i remembered him really fondly from like back when he was type 2 legal you know um but i don't know it, it must have just been a very well i mean i guess there was no uh power nine involved in games in those days so so maybe he was better in a in a more sort of conventional standard type environment but yeah yeah, yeah no I, I was disappointed with him there was no back in those standard times. There was no like uh, Tweedlewald's Powerball, yeah, uh, diverse combo decks, or like people that played slow grindy control decks and then played a sacred mesa and just swarmed you with uh, yeah with horses. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I was like yeah, Man of War seems weird, but yeah, it, it would have seemed great if it just were paired against. Uh, a bit slower tempo-ish decks and you just deployed a, a man of war and attacked with your lord and your pearl trident like uh. yeah yeah no i mean he, on on paper he seems really good in a in a tempo shell because you know that's exactly the the sort of thing that you're wanting to take advantage of but um yeah, I don't know. Maybe I just ruined the Dex mojo by putting this Aaron Debbie Fritz in or something like that. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, but I do also I've, I think I played a played and lost against two uh scryings twiddle vault decks in that tournament and just as a side point i bloody hate that deck oh my god it is the worst (laughs) deck to play against because you know even when they're comboing off you shouldn't just scoop because you know they 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 can totally fizzle out so you've just got to sit there twiddling your thumbs while they take like 20 turns in a row and you're like okay come on come on just just do it. <laughs> I, I think uh, playing against it's good to play. I played Twitterwalt a bit myself. It's good to yeah. play Twitterwalt a bit so you know when you can scoop against them. Yeah. Or uh, when you need to, uh, what you need to address yeah. in during the combo phase. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. yeah it's the addition of the old city of solitude. Is it the the you can't play cards on your opponent's yeah. turn thing that just oh makes it even worse because you can't uh, even. Try to counterspell the key, the key bit. <laughs> and, and I guess the Suran Orb also put some like cogs in the wheels for Maybe a, a lot bit, of yeah. aggroish decks. Yeah. But not many people played Suran Orb. Like uh, every, every yeah, maybe that's more the Mirrorball uh, decks. Ma- I mean, so many them. people were so afraid of Suran Orbs. So, ah, it's going to warp the format. Almost no one played it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it is a sort of. It's a sticking plaster on a solution, uh, on, on a problem, Zuranorb. You know, I mean, once you're having mm. to feed a bunch of your lands to, to gain two life each, things probably aren't very rosy. But I also remember it with fear from back in the day. And I also said, oh my God, what have they done putting Zuranorb in Scryings? But as you say, yeah. its impact has been negligible. Yeah. With Fast Bond and uh, the Mirrorball deck, I guess that was yeah. if you use it in some way. In which case, fair enough. You, you might know, be I mean, right, yeah, No, I, to- I can totally uh, respect it as a piece of not Mirrorball. Not just as a like life. I, 
Uh, I used it with, um, I didn't do well in the tournament, but I did well before. I used it with Lantex and Ivory Towers okay, and gre- yeah. Greed. Yeah. Like to, actually, it was the main thing to activate Lantex. Right. So, yeah. so, so it was a synergy, not just to to stay alive for another turn. Okay. Yeah. That, no, that's great synergy, and and with greed as well. Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I can totally see that working. Uh, the the deck you talked about earlier it was a blue white deck, yeah. I guess. To play it like, uh, and uh, with with the memorial abscess, and it actually played four mana wars, uh, but the dibs and the Savannah lions and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, but I, if, we, if we're ending on the scrying segment, uh, I would just like to ask you guys, to, what was the most prominent cards from scryings? Was it like, we, we mentioned the Cernorb, no, but maybe, was it like Lutman's Legacy or? It's a very uh, good question. Did it have a good ef- effect on a special deck? Actually, I think do you think well? I think uh, Latnum's Legacy is for sure one of the most prominent cards from Scryings because it, I think it makes uh, makes a lot of uh, decks so much better. Uh, yeah, and, and it's versatile, so you can play it in almost anything that's playing blue. Yeah, and it's only one blue mana as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, and it's you can play when you have it you can play like one of bullets in your deck and yeah. if you play four latams like just shuffle it back if you don't need it i right? mean if it was if if latams legacy existed in normal old school as a restricted card i'm fairly sure that it would be one of those ones that always goes in along with the time walk and the ancestral yeah yeah mm. Um, it's a I, 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 great versatile card i guess card. i think yeah. um, probably sacred mesa is the most significant scrying's card uh, I yeah, it did win actually, didn't it? Yeah, like a sacred mesa yeah. deck. And then yeah. I played in. I think I've only played in one other Scryings tournament where I, I just went right. I'm just going to play fun stuff. So I played um, goblins with a blue splash for power, um, so that I could play goblin grenade and uh, tinkerers and vandals and stuff. And that was it. it was very fun. Um, it was just a completely linear, you know, play guys and blow yeah. them up kind of deck um, with absolutely like no main deck shatters, nothing. Um, <laughs> and that, that was fun, but uh, I, not, not good. I, I really like Goblin Vandal. I think it's one of the stronger cards. I played, I played, uh, I didn't do so well, but uh, I went 4-3 in Noobcom, but I played uh, Counterburn with Vandals instead of Flying Men's and just... Uh, yeah, just try to get through with the vandals. I didn't play against uh, decks that they were so good against, but I still think that's a really strong card. Definitely. And uh, and, um, and Tinkerer like, as uh, well. I'm not. I'm not sure yeah. which of the two I prefer, but Tinkerer is fantastic for against Mishra's factories. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, I think we had some games like we tried to build all the different maybe new-ish archetypes we tried i tried against you while i'm playing i think you played your white black greedy deck that you talked about then i tried to play goblins because you in scrying you also have the goblin grenades and now we as we mentioned we had some more uh, goblins yeah. but uh, yeah it's i like your when you played your counter burnish vandal deck the thing about Vandal is that you really need to address it because yeah. usually you're playing Moxen or anything. And yeah, it's you, you're <laughs> like 
if you have a flying man and someone sorts it turn one, it's not that big of a problem for you. Uh, so you're not throwing that much out yeah. there and you it's good in later turns as well also i guess yeah no the vandal is is a very good i also like when you when people play like a mishra and a mox to block it when you can like yeah okay i just bolt your mishra and eat your mox then um, <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. like yeah blow Sorry. blow blow, yeah. blow out. and and i think at least a top three card from scryings is of course uh, the emerald charm for the twiddlewalt to, yeah. to be able to kill mm. uh, like energy flux and underworld dreams and more twiddles yeah, uh, yeah. That, no, totally. the, yeah. the deck is so much better and so easy so much easier to 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 pilot when you have extra that and a crutch against enchantments yeah and we already mentioned like the cyborg cards the city of solitude maybe an honorable mention goes out to river boa oh yeah yeah boa is uh, very solid i think yeah uh, I did see we did see some play of that. Uh, I think uh, Reindeer yeah. played uh, uh, Disco Troll, but with boas instead of trolls. Yeah, River di- River River Disco. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we should get a better deck name for that. What's what's it called? Those steam rollers going through having a casino on them and like. Oh oh yeah yeah the pedal school. steamer type things yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. Something I'm I'm seeing that like <laughs> trolls and boas having a party on one of uh. those steamrollers. Uh, yeah, we didn't see even any hammer of Bogarda. Yeah, maybe wildfire emissary. Oh yes, yes. Okay, no, uh, he's good as well. Yeah. yeah God, so uh, hard to kill. Uh, yeah. I mean, the the hammer of Bogarda. A friend of mine played it in Counterburn, and we realized it's probably one of the worst cards you could play. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I also remember it being so good back in the day. But it's yeah, it's just so much mana to do three damage. Well, yeah, yeah. And especially like, the three. Like when you want when your opponent has a small creature in play, you have five mana in play in your upkeep and a counter spell in hand. Do you pay all your mana to get back back the hammer, pass the turn, and they play a bigger threat? Like no. Uh, yeah, yeah. And dwarven miner, we didn't see that. Not as much as I feared we that would. Much. Yeah. No, and but pillage, I think it's a yeah, rather versatile card. It could I, I did play some Jund uh, kind of deck, but yeah, uh, that like when we tested, I ended up not playing because I commented the stream and drank <laughs> copious awful, quantities awful of liquor. Spirits. <laughs> yeah, but we did the strong. Uh, <laughs> Was it then? I don't even remember. I tried to block. Yeah, it, it was the Carolina Reaper shot that that <laughs> that you got conned into ta- into drinking before oh, Gordon God, drank it because yes. because yes. Gordon was the one that was supposed drinking it and he he was just yeah I can tolerate st- strong stuff and then Seb ended up drinking yeah. it first. That I think MG did the what was why I did it because yeah you should at least taste it. I think it gave me a four. Sent a little shot <laughs> and now ended up on the toilet. Oh, like my whole body just saying nope. like started sweating. Nope. <laughs> like this is poison in your body right now. Orland, you like spicy stuff. Well, yeah. it, it, it was you... like chili infused spirits, no, it, wasn't it? it, it it's yeah. so fun because it's um it's the it's Michel Ruaro. He has uh, he he actually made it with uh, with like um, uh, he contacted someone who I think made this Chile's strongest vodka in the world and asked them how they did it. 
So it was basically like Carolina Reaper meat mixed with with alcohol only. Mm. So it I tried it twice at Arvika, and I I mean I had some experience with chili. It, it burned, but it wasn't that bad. But MG was like rolling on the floor in pain <laughs> uh, from taking it. Mm. Like really uh, had a hard time. And yeah, Con- yeah. Const- Constantin, our Russian friend, also took it, and I thought he would die or something. <laughs> I I have never had that experience before, and don't I want to have it do again. not wish to have it again. No, uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, before we leave on uh, the on a blue note, <laughs> yes. I guess uh, uh, we. I just wanted to mention the David Chambers version of a mono blue deck. Mm. I really love his version of. He calls it Total Recall. Uh, it's more of the clunky thing that you mentioned. Well, earlier, okay, yeah, but I mean, this is basically. With. I mean, it, it, it's basically robots, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's blue robots. Uh, How would you describe it, Dolan? Yeah, I, I would say it's a mono blue robot deck, like. Uh, yeah, my my good friend Andrew Klein, uh, who who came to Noob, the same NoobCon that I did, um, he was experimenting with mono blue robots for quite a while. So I, I, I've played against it a lot. It's a, it's a really nice nice deck, I think. Um, and thank God we don't have the four workshop situation here uh, in Europe. <laughs> yeah. So this is his in his version. It's a uh, it's Swedish legal. So he has the one workshop. Uh, and another version, it's the blue red. The people in the states don't like to call it the machine gun, uh, but Berlin when he built it, and I went, I don't know, maybe I came eleventh place or something. Mm-hmm. I went rather good in Nubcon. Was it the same that you guys? No, met no, in? it was the year before, I think. Okay, yeah. But then you only have the one workshop and you have the Hercule recalls for hmm. uh, basically playing your Trisks over and over again. Yeah, and also but getting value thing... out of your mana vaults, I assume. And, yeah. and like disking, like yeah. uh, disking um, and uh, bouncing your artifacts and yeah. Yeah, I've, I've yeah, actually so... only just clocked the four discs. So yes, no, that is that is an interesting angle. I think what the deck does that's not robots or even the machine gun, more aggressive uh, kind, it's more of a, uh, like you you have a Sage of Latnam, mm-hmm. it's called, right, the Librarian, yeah, super good. And, you, you, if, and you play a disc and people, and you star- have a staring comp- competition, yeah. <laughs> like who, who, who should put out a threat yeah. on the board now? Uh, so we can get rid of this disc and the sage lets you just eat stuff and you can eat the disc and draw an extra card also yeah. of course uh, and you have the four hercules actually so uh, I, I like yeah, the, no, how really quite tasty. Uh, how he has uh, like built the deck and it's uh, kind of like it's, it's all in on triskelion basically but uh, yeah. with a nice engine to sort of help you draw the cards and stay alive and stuff with the sages and the discs. I mean, sage is one of those ones I've learned the hard way. It's kind of like Flying Man in that, you know, if you see it and you're holding a swords, you think, oh, that's not good value. Why should I, why do I really want a swords this thing? Yes, yes. Kill yeah. the sage before it gets a chance to eat even one artifact. Um, yeah, because then you're break even and uh, like the artifacts... He's a slow librarian, yeah. even though he only costs two mana. 
uh, if you have artifacts in, and he's being able to it's like in the mid to late game them. i mean a single sage can you know have drawn you five six cards yeah. by throwing away artifacts that you no longer care about very easily i i just love those kind of you can't can you eat your yeah you can't eat your chaos orb uh, but the uh, at least you get some value from eating your discs. Yeah, I mean you can eat uh, your chaos orb. You just don't get to chaos orb yeah, anything no. then. So well, if if your if the opponent uh, tries to disenchant yeah. it or shatter it, I mean, you can. Eat I think it that's a key stuff. piece of why the sage is so strong because you know if there's an untapped if there's an active sage on the table, then suddenly every disenchant you play against them is like so much worse. Yeah, and he also has the combo with the coffin and uh, yeah, tr- the trisk- triskelion. Uh, yeah, from yeah. all the tokens. I actually had to get some coffins just because of when I talked with Chambers about this, like way back. I haven't played them that much after that, but the coffins and the there's some like not gotcha things going on with the deck, but more of a like, oh, okay, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so uh, it's maybe like when you're playing against Twiddle, like you guys talked about earlier, like f- the first time you're not going to enjoy it. And hope. I, I guess the other part of this, if you're playing more of a clunky version and not the creature heavy kind, uh, you're, you're able to play the uh, city in a bowl yeah. also and the full set of uh, jewelry and everything which is certainly nice yeah yeah, yeah i mean this lo- i must say this looks like a deck that would be both very fun to play and to play against which is nice because you know it's yeah because it's nice yeah yeah and it's going to be able to do sort of interesting weird different things in different games i imagine yeah so uh have we left anything out uh Orlan or Jordan? Don't think so. I think it's been uh, been a pretty pretty thorough survey of uh, of mono blue. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. so too. I think so too. Yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, for so me. we should. Yeah, well, thank you for being here. We're. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, same here. A pure pleasure. <laughs> uh, and if people want to go forth trying out a mono build of any kind we have talked about this is a could be a good way to start i mean it's surely undeniably i would say the best mono is mono blue yeah. because blue is the your best version color. that is I, I would say so but but just in any case <laughs> yeah. i think if you're going to play mono play mono blue uh, yeah. yeah, I'm. We we'll have to sometime. We'll g- gather a couple of friends with some beer and try out the the Your budget. Five, the bu- yeah, uh, try try them out against each other and see how they do. Uh, Definitely. Yeah, you should you should do and something. Where... you're talking about you're talking about what your your budget yeah. version of all the colors. Yeah, I because guess. then we then no no deck plays any jewelry or or stuff yeah. like that. Just just play. Uh, cheap cards. I think I set the the limit at like ten ten dollars each for for the cards or something. Uh, so once again, ending off, uh, Olan, that's your name. Where can we find these decks you were talking about? The budget decks you can find at my blog, which is blog dot It's a weird word, but. Um, 
we can maybe get them in the show notes or something uh, or when we get some place to put them uh, like the... we don't have any show notes okay yeah no one no one no one uh, mentioned the show notes <laughs> no we usually we, we're posting them on facebook maybe we can put a link to your yeah. blog there also we can actually it... put a link to to the noobcon top eight decks as well okay or, or that is on uh, magnus uh, the old school blog which everyone should uh, now, know about. Now you're, you're giving me more work here, Olan. Jordan, <laughs> where can we find stuff from social media or whatever if we want to look into what you're up to? Um, I, I, I've got a Facebook page, which I use exclusively for magic stuff, so you won't find all that many posts on it, but I think I've posted uh, uh, that list and others. And um, I wrote a blog post about the, uh, the no- NoobCon uh, uh, that I went to on the Brothers of Fire blog. Um, so if, yeah. if anyone is in the highly unlikely event that anyone is not bored to tears about hearing hearing about uh, uh, fish at this point, you can <laughs> you can read the full background there should you so choose. Yeah, cool, cool. Uh, you can find me at MTG Sepsilia on like all the social media outlets. And uh, thank you guys for being here with me in this trying time. <laughs> yeah, but it's been a pleasure. Okay, bye bye. Bye guys. Bye. Bye.